0: Oh boy Another murder hornet That could have led scientists to his nest You guessed it Evaded the experts <laughs> Once more So last week Scientists in uh, Washington With the Washington State Department of Agriculture Captured a live Asian giant horn Now they You know we don't like them Because they decimate honeybee populations So they used dental floss to attach a tracking device to its body. Which, according to them, worked quite quite well. Hmm, really? Because uh I don't think so. But apparently when they released it, it went wild, you know, onto an apple tree and they were happy with tracking it and then it went down into some vegetated area. Big surprise there, that's where they go. And then they lost it. So there's that we got that going to us now I guess these scientists did get an initial direction of flight so they're still wandering around in what they think is a place that this giant hornet could have gone and where the nest is located but uh, they don't know where it's at they'd like to uh, vacuum the hornets and use carbon dioxide gas to knock out any remaining hornets in the nest if they knew where the nest was. <laughs> now, I guess they did it once before earlier in the month and they lost that one too. So, good luck, God bless. Uh, finding out, they're just gonna stumble across it, is what's gonna happen. Some little kid is gonna stumble across the live Asian giant hornet, murder hornet nest and then they'll be aware of where they're at. So, good luck, God bless. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So, before I tell you about a new love story that uh, bypasses the ages, and I do mean bypasses the ages, uh, let me ask you a question. Did you know that our brains are not designed to remember pain accurately? It's kind of a biological defense mechanism that allows us to, you know, live better lives so we don't have to remember falling out of the treehouse and hitting your head on the car door, stuff like that. It helps mothers uh, willing to go through childbirth again because a you know, you keep, you, you, it keeps you from remembering the agonizing, uh, you know, that agonizing pain that happened when you, uh, when you had your baby and you were screaming at your husband saying, why did you do this to me? And then once you hold the baby, all is forgotten. That is the way your brain is designed. The best thing about pain, aside from learning, Hey, don't do that again is when it goes away. When you do something and you go, oh, that's going to hurt. And of course it does. But for many of us, uh, it doesn't go away. And after a while, after you've hurt yourself uh, continually through the years, sometimes it doesn't go away. And that means that pain is a daily thing. (laughs) Yeah. A constant reminder of the times that you hurt yourself. Believe me. So if you're like me, suffering from chronic pain, uh, you know there's there really is no price that you'd put on uh, fixing it. You're willing to pay whatever. Well, how does 1995 for a three-week quick start program? find? I that's right. I've found it 1995 for a three-week quick start from Relief Factor, ReliefFactor.com. You know, I started taking Relief Factor and I realized, holy cow, I feel better. And then I ran out and I realized I stopped feeling better. So I started Relief Factor back up again. It's kind of dumb of me to run out. So don't you run out. In fact, start with a three-week quick start program. Nineteen ninety-five. Go to relieffactor.com. 70% of the people who take it go on to order more. I'm guessing you're going to be in that 70%. If not, you're only out 1995. But don't, you're going to realize that you start feeling better and you think, oh, I'm fine. That's the relief factor. That's when you don't want to run out. ReliefFactor.com. Or you can call 800 500 8384. It's designed by doctors, it's not a drug. Relief Factor, what it is, is going to help you get your life back. Go to ReliefFactor.com or call 800-500-8384, relieffactor.com, 800-500-8384, or relieffactor.com. So from Joel, who sent this thread about a couple in Arkansas that, well, there's no age group on love. There's no, (laughs) there's no age on love. You can't do it. So apparently this couple, the 89 year old male and the 19 year old female are in love, or at least he is, I guess. I don't know. I'm trying to follow the thread. Um, he lost his wife a couple years ago. He's in a nursing home and this girl, uh, was working at the nursing home at least for a while. And now she's hooked up with the 89 year old and there's threads on social media talking about how, you know, Hey, uh, I'm considering uh I'm considering this, and if I marry him, then I'm the only one that gets the inheritance correct that is correct, but let's hope that you know there is some love there and that you're you know not just using him on the other hand, what does it matter if he's got no family or he's estranged from the from a family member and he's all you know, wound up about this 19-year-old girl. <laughs> and, you know, he's 89, so who knows? He may go for another 20 years, and that may be the curse for the 19-year-old. Yeah, you thought you were going to get uh, get it over with soon, and no, no, you're not. You're going to have to be taking care of hubby for the next 20 years while well, he makes it to 110. Uh, that would be... You know, and he's gonna be extra happy then, right? Alright. Uh, so, uh I would say right now, have fun. Be happy. There's no age limit on love, you just can't do it. Now I'm sure that many people will say that she's got him uh you know hoodwinked, but who's hoodwinking whom? Did you see uh, the Seattle Seahawks? And I know this is not a big... You know, it's in Seattle. I got it. But it uh, it's really where we're at in the world today. Uh, more so even in America. The Seattle Seahawks have indefinitely suspended radio host Dory Monson uh, following what they're calling a transphobic tweet he sent Wednesday evening and that was you know during the debate so he since deleted the tweet which you know okay he posted the tweet during the Washington gubernatorial debate with uh, Jay Inslee the incumbent and they were discussing the state's adherence to science okay now he also works for Seattle's KIRO radio 97.3 FM where he hosts his own show and he features weekly interviews with the Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll. I mean, that's part of the gig, right? He hosts the pre and post game talk. He probably does some updates during halftime, maybe even an update or two during the game if there's time. But I mean I've done that job before for college football. And you do the interviews. You do the coaches interviews. You do the away team interview, coaches, you do the home team and if you're doing your own show, then you know you're for, you end up getting a, an interview with the coach, and the coach may even that might be part of the deal. You're the the station is the team, uh, the team's voice. So they do shows and they do interviews, and that's all part of the NFL deal for the station and the team. Now, if you're the team's station and the network, you better toe the line because a major league baseball, uh, NBA, NFL, NHL, they all, they all, you know, pull the work. So the stations, you know, have to, they follow a good, no making fun of the team. That's why it's always fun. If you're in a big city that has a professional sports team, it's cool to be the station of record that has the teams. No question. Cause you get the interviews. You get the coaches, you get the players, and that's what you do. And if you're on the station doing a show and you are able to uh, be a part of the game, that's even better. You get all the interviews, right? So anyway, that having been said, that happens sometimes you have to be a little careful of what you what you say, especially on the air, but tweets, eh, you're, he's watching the debate of the of the governor's debate, which he may or may not have to talk about on his show. He's a sports guy, so I don't know how much of it he's talking about it on his show, but he tweets out after Inslee was talking about the state's adherence to science, the state where I could go to Olympia tomorrow and change my birth certificate to say I was a girl on 10... Two sixty one, ha <laughs> ha 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 Okay, so that's during the debate. He's just trying to be funny and he's live tweeting it. Well, uh, no. Seattle Pride, at our Seattle Pride, was not happy. Uh, they posted a copy of the tweet. Uh, and it said, uh, we're calling on 97.3. K-I-R-O Radio and at Seahawks to terminate contract with Dory Mazzi Mon- see that's the deal they want people fired they want people silenced and they want people fired due to his continued mockery of and attacks on our transgender community and they have a link to a statement and then they also have a link for sign up for our advocacy alerts man do I want to do that hashtag trans rights well they got it (laughs) alright now he responded uh, to the claims of transphobia direct at him he decried cancel culture for coming after him and maintained his words were taken out of context he said the libertarian in him doesn't allow him to care whether adults would like to change their gender I couldn't care less that's what he said And they're saying that uh, you're laughing at transgender people. No, I'm laughing at Jay Inslee saying we are a science-based state. But I heard a couple of people I care about deeply. I personally called them this morning and I said, I'm sorry. If you were hurt by that, I'm sorry. Not where I was going. Not my intent. Now they call him a conservative radio host who previously made comments critical of Black Lives Matter movement and has victim-blamed members of the black community killed in police shootings. (laughs) Okay. Well, he was not on the air on Friday. And big surprise, the Seattle Seahawks have uh, suspended him from pregame radio. Oh. Okay. Now, they call, you know, his... Politically themed tweet Uh, Okay That's great Now you'd think Now since the Bonneville radio station K-I-R-O-F-M-N-A-M You know They're going to toe the line With the NFL and the Seattle Seahawks Ah, ah, He gets suspended there too So not only does he get the boot From doing the games The show gets the boot All right Now, is he coming back on the air? Good luck. Not in Seattle. (laughs) I doubt that very much. But I haven't seen a release where he got the boot. It's very possible they already, you know, got the boot or they're telling him you need to just resign and whatever contract we have with you is null and void. And he probably doesn't even have a contract doing the football games. That's probably a deal where he's doing a show. He gets the interviews. And, hey, you want to be part of the game? You get, you know, we'll let you do the pregame. You can do the postgame, do some updates maybe during halftime, and if we have time during the game, we'll call on you, Dory. What do you got for us? And you do a quick uh, update on what's happening around the league. Although the network probably has their own reporter doing that, so Dory really doesn't get it. He just gets a tie-in to the radio station for pregame and postgame, and during his show, usually the way it works, a little inside behind the door of radio of what's going on, but my, I mean, it's incredible, right? He's tweeting live during a debate and makes a, uh, what he thinks is just a lighthearted comment about science. And, you know, Jay Inslee is a big science believer. <laughs> I think we all know that. I mean, we, we've seen Jay before and boy, I'm sorry. I missed the debate that he was in, but I did, and I apologize, but apparently he was reminding people how much he believes in science. And even Dory Monson was saying, well, uh, you know, really, I realized that I could go down and be a girl on my birth certificate already, and I was born a male back in 62 or 61, or whatever, 64, whatever the heck he was born, whatever the tweet said. But that's not really science, is it? That's just what we feel what we believe but no jokes about that not in seattle my friend dory you should know better you're in seattle and they're already thinking that you're a you know right wing conservative host on a seattle fm (laughs) wow okay All right, good luck, God bless. But that is a perfect example of where we're at in the world today. Man, oh man, oh man. it's a good example of why you need to subscribe to Blaze TV, I'll tell you that. More voices, not less. We're not asking for people to be silenced, that's for sure. The people that are uh, saying things that, you know, I don't like, that you don't like, Uh, or even that we like I mean more voices the better not silence but immediately they want the voice silenced and they want his job they want his head and it won't be long before you know literally they want his head but for right now it's just the job we don't want to hear your voice and we don't want you to work in this city again wow Uh, go to blazetv.com slash jeffy j-e-f-f-y uh, use the promo code Jeffy Get whatever discount they give you For the year subscription There's probably you know, Glenn probably got a Special uh, promo code to use It gets you more money off Try different promo codes to get the most money off But be a subscriber Because that also helps In keeping this podcast alive We joke around all the time about it being free But it's free because of the subscriptions to Blaze TV And you know and of course because of our sponsors that help the shows uh, on this network and this particular show so more important than ever more voices really the more voices the better my gosh it's just wanting people silenced is not the way to go (laughs) not the way to go (laughs) Remember the guy that got uh, arrested by police in Galveston, the horse police? You know, police officers riding on horses in Galveston, Texas. And they busted him for criminal trespass near a U.S. post office last year in, uh, I don't know, the August, summer, end of the summer, somewhere in there. And they made uh, national attention over the photos that showed the two mounted officers from the Galveston Police Department leading Neely through (laughs) the city with, you know, his hands are handcuffed behind him and they've got a rope tied to the handcuffs and the one police officer, who's a female, by the way, is leading him down the street with the other officer uh, following behind. Well, I didn't know this, that there's video of it as well. The other police officer has, I guess, his his uh, you know his chest cam on, his body cam on, and there's video of it. I w- I watched the video. It is I-, I don't know how he gets away with now suing the Galveston Police Department for more than a million dollars. So he's arrested for criminal trespass. He's I get the embarrassment of being tied with a a line or a rope to his handcuffs and being led down the street to the jail but uh I don't know I don't know what they what else they're supposed to do I guess maybe you call for a car but I know that you know his the attorney uh brings up the era of slavery does it I mean no but for you and a million dollars I guess it does but I'll play the video because, I want. well, you know, for those of you watching live on the 14th of, of October, you'll be able to see it. If you're not watching live, you're just only going to be able to hear the audio from the video. But what is incredible is that he's fine with it at the time. And the one officer is like, ooh, this is going to look bad. The one officer knows. <laughs> wow. Uh, the one officer that has the body cam on, he uh, he's like, ooh, this is going to look bad. I mean he knows it's an issue right away. If he knows that, they shouldn't have done it. Right? They should have called for uh they should have called for a backup car to come and get him. But I don't know how long that takes. I don't know what the Galveston Police Department is supposed to do. Now the case was dismissed earlier this year. And that's what made it in the news, right, in March because it was dismissed and uh, you know, he was arrested for criminal trespass. And they tell him in the video, you're not gonna go back there, right? You gotta find someplace else. You can't be you can't be you know hanging out by the post office and he says yes and he's got some kind of cap on that keeps falling on his on his face and they're asking him well you you're here it's it's pretty incredible what what's going on I don't know how you get a million bucks after this video I don't know how that happens
1: Come on over to me on the side of my horse. <laughs> it's
0: gonna look really bad. oh yeah he knows
1: huh he knows you're not embarrassed Thanks. I know.
2: There
1: you go. You're doing good, Mr. Neely. So we got to do
0: what we got to do, too, you huh? know? Bring your hands up. My cap, too. All right, so here we are. Come back towards me. This cold is so bad. I'm glad
1: you're not embarrassed, Mr. Neely. Can you see? Can you see, Mr. Neely? We're
2: going back to the can,
1: can you answer me? You, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mr. Neely, you're not going to go back, right? you yeah, not go back to that location. they don't want to keep taking you to jail just for that stupid thing. You know? Right. You can go find somewhere else. It's out of sight that you can relax, all right?
0: All right. That, that's fine. Walking him down the street now. Now. Uh, you know, as bad as it looks, and I say as bad as it looks, it doesn't really look bad. I don't know what you want these horse police officers to do, the mounted, I'm sorry, the mounted police to do. Uh, I, I, you know, I guess you don't have mounted police anymore. You bring in a mule along to have the, the the arrested party ride on the mule as you take him back. I, I don't know what you do, and you can obviously tell that it had nothing to do with this man being a black man. It wouldn't have mattered who this person was or what color their skin was these off- the officer decided that we're gonna take you back to jail and we're gonna arrest you, and we're gonna you know i could put I put handcuffs on you, but to make sure you're not gonna run away i'm gonna gonna tie a a string or a rope or a chain it's some kind of some kind of climbing rope chain string that uh you know hooks up to your handcuffs and just i'm gonna you know tie it around my saddle and walk you along (laughs) i don't know what you do It's so bad but he was obviously look the guy is being arrested so he's got to be okay with it he's complying The case was dismissed, but now, you know, we have attorneys that think they could get, you know, big money. You know, will Galveston, Texas fold for a million bucks? Probably not. Will they settle for a few hundred thousand so the attorney gets a good cut and Mr. Neely gets, uh, you know, maybe a hundred or $200,000? Probably. Probably. So... Uh, you know, I, you know what? I mean, I, I keep saying it today, and, I, and it's just—I think it's going to be the title of the show. Good luck. God bless. All right, so let's go to the break room. Ah, yes, and drink an ice cold, refreshing beverage
1: <laughs>
0: from a plastic bottle because that's all I could find. Ah. Thank you for listening to Chewing the Fat. I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast. As I mentioned earlier, uh, yep, it's free. But life isn't always free. There always comes with something expected. And what's expected is, if you're listening to this show right now and you're not a subscriber to the podcast, (laughs) what's expected of you is to become a subscriber. So choose a platform, iTunes, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify and subscribe to Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. It's just that simple. Now, then you're good. Then what's expected is done. Of course, you need to download and listen to the shows, but that goes <laughs> that goes without mentioning. I don't even know why I mentioned it. Duh. Uh, so subscribe to the podcast and then uh, then you're good. Then you then you are a freeloading subscriber instead of just a freeloader. Uh, So much better, (laughs) so much better in life to be a freeloading subscriber rather than just a free loader. And, you know, as long as you're subscribing, you might as well go to the YouTube channel and subscribe to Chewing the Fat there as well. And uh, you'd be good to go. So, yeah. Yeah. In fact, there will be a new video, uh, an unboxing video going up. Uh, probably tomorrow. I'll probably put up a Chewing the Fat from Pat Gray Unleashed uh, today, for those of you listening live on the 14th of October, 2020. And then tomorrow, I want to release a uh, an unboxing video from a friend of mine who sent me a bunch of stuff. and I can't see it. I believe it's uh, most of it, if not all of it, is from his uh, thesilentwillbeheard.com thesilentwillbeheard.com So you can look forward to that. Anyway, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And then you'll be able to see some of the merchandise that you can uh, get and be a part of the Silent Will Be Heard. dot com. So there was a bomb that they found from World War Two. I know it's a British bomb. They called it the Earthquake Bomb. <laughs> a tall boy that was dropped by the royal air force in 1945 wow uh by it was dropped during an attack on the german cruiser when uh the polish city was part of germany and the uh polish town of
1: yeah
0: they uh that's where they were they were going to uh they really found it underwater uh, near the town of. Yeah, you know that that's right there, and uh, so <laughs> they were going to defuse this bomb that they found because they found it underwater near the Polish town of.
1: Świnojście.
0: Yeah, S W I N O U J S C I E. Beautiful, and if you if you ever thought to yourself, where could I get a timeshare that would be beautiful uh, right there on the water? That would be where. And so while they're doing it, they're doing a thing uh, called a deflagration. Deflagration. It's a diffusing technique that involves burning the explosive charge in the bomb without causing the explosion. Uh, it exploded they didn't do it right or it was just wrong or the bomb was ready to go so it felt was felt all across the city of and they, uh, it's the home of a liquefied natural gas terminal wow so I mean it's possible it didn't happen of course, uh, everything's fine. The mayor said, "Ah, no infrastructure was damaged. Don't worry about it. Stop whining. It was fine. Nothing happened. It just blew up the old bomb. Okay, everything in is fine. Don't worry about it. Just you know, if something like that ever happened again in, then you know it's possible that the national natural gas terminal could explode. But it didn't, so quit your whining. But it does go to prove." that no matter where you're at, whether you're in, uh, you know, the waters off of Florida or the waters off of, if you find an old World War II bomb, it could explode. So be careful. And if you really, I mean, (laughs) if you were walking around, let's say you bought a timeshare in, and you were just walking around enjoying the day and you found a huge bob like that and you didn't know what to do and you didn't know hey should I call the mayor of or should I just you know pull it out of the water good luck god bless did you see where Gail Gadot or Gal Gadot or whatever the hell her name is I don't know she, you know the great actress Gal Gadot and, you know, Wonder Woman and, uh, you know, the huge star that Gal Gadot is. I know she is, stop it. I'm just, uh, you know, I love her. I, did I, did I say she was great? She is, she's great. I love her, but she's getting criticism now because she's going to star as Cleopatra in the upcoming Paramount film. So they don't want her because she's an Israeli actress. <laughs> Those Jews, man, <laughs> they just want to do everything. It's so silly because the actress playing the role of the queen of Egypt, wait, what? I mean, we can't, you can't have an actress play someone that's trans, that's not trans. You can't have a an actress playing a gay person that's not gay and now we can't have an actress that is going to be playing cleopatra from egypt from another country especially israel oh my gosh oh now i didn't know this but apparently you know liz taylor who played cleopatra you know the the big cleopatra she was in trouble for uh playing uh Cleopatra as well, because she was uh, outspoken for the support of Israel and her conversion to Judaism. So that made her persona non grata in Egypt, which later decided, you know what, this movie (laughs) is going to give us a, a lot of publicity. So you know what? We're fine with it don't you worry about about her plan uh cleopatra that's fine (laughs) we live on we know that they live off uh tourism my gosh we do those stories of them finding old tombs all the time and they're always whining about nobody coming especially during the pandemic i mean they got nobody going into egypt and uh they want to uh You know, they want to open up the world again so people can start coming back and spending some money. And I don't blame them. I I agree. Open it back up. But to be upset now over actors playing roles that they have to act in to fulfill that role is insane. It's just insane. And by the way, uh, Cleopatra, the uh, queen of Egypt. Uh, let's remember that uh, she really wasn't Egyptian. I know. <laughs> I know. It's a funny little thing. <laughs> she was really kind of Greek. Yeah, I know that she was the queen and everything of Egypt, and or the king or whatever the heck her title was, whatever title she wanted to be. But. Uh, She wasn't really Egyptian. According to this, I don't have the DNA in front of me, but she was Greek with Persian and Syrian ancestry. So I think it has more to do with Gail Gadot, uh, an Israeli, a Jew, playing another Greek person. And there were also, you know, the haters uh, saying just that. <laughs> Your country steals Arab land, and you're stealing their movie roles. Shame on you! Hey, uh, at Samira Khan, zip it. In two thousand seventeen. According to Pew Research Center, uh, approximately two thirds of people report receiving some, if not all, of their news from social media. Wow. And that's why they're so on top of this. Uh, You know, we talk about what Facebook and Twitter is doing to, uh, you know, as we head up to the election just incredible. If we said yesterday, Facebook's not going to ban content that distorts or denies the Holocaust. Wow. Pretty huge. Uh, they also said that, uh, you know, um, during the election, they're going to, uh, you know, they're not, they're going to make sure that, uh, what is it? The exact quote that they're going to do. Gosh, darn it. Well, they're going to ban ads, glads, uh, after the polls close on election day. Ooh, and they're going to put a banner at the top of your at the top page, uh, letting you know that uh, no winner has been decided until news outlets declare one. Oh, oh, that's good. I know Twitter is uh, probably going to be doing the same thing. I mean, they're already blocking and making you double and triple click president Trump's tweets so your tweets are going to be uh, looked at as well and now they're gonna start I think in a few days uh yeah October 20th they're going to start when you hit retweet on Twitter uh you're gonna be given a prompt to add your own take the quote tweet option well if I wanted to if I wanted to quote tweet it I would have hit the other prompt. I wouldn't have hit just retweet. Now we know it's gonna add extra friction. The goal is to encourage users to add their own thoughts, reactions, and perspectives to the conversation. Yes, we want you to say more so that we can block you for saying it. That's what we want. We wanna create more conversation, but be careful what you say. (laughs) But we want you to say it, that's for sure. (laughs) We don't want to have anyone undermine any of the election results. Oh, okay. Now, are you going to be removing tweets that encourage violence or urge people to interfere with the election process? You say you will, but are you going to do that? Okay. Now, according to this, that's going to, you know, they're going to be a problem for candidates who prematurely claim they've won an election. Uh, Before they blow the final whistle. Well, uh, you know, if uh, if one of the uh, news outlets hasn't declared you a winner yet, then you're not a winner. So heaven forbid you say something on social media that one of the news outlets hasn't declared yet. Uh, It's just amazing. It's amazing to me. More voices, more voices, not less. More voices, not less. Good luck god bless that's my that's my line for the day more voices not less good luck god bless so i told you the other day i was reading about uh the uh uh, broadway and how they you know they're they've extended the shutdown now through may of next year Uh, some shows are, you know, there's some shows are bragging, Hey, we're going to be back in February of 2022. Yay. And so, uh, you know, we're broad, I mean, there's dying, right? I mean, New York is it's major ripple effects through the entire city. And they're talking about, you know, it's billions of dollars, billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars that are just being washed away and lost in New York. But it got me thinking about the stupid George Benson and uh, on Broadway. So I've been singing that stupid song for a couple of days now it's been in my head and I can't get it out of my head. But then I went and looked up George Benson and there's a fascinating guy now he's 77 now. So I've got to reach out to George Benson and talk to him because he's at the age now where he's not afraid to say whatever the heck he wants to say about whoever it is He's talking about and mad at, so I got to reach out to George Benson and see if we can talk to him. He was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Fascinating story. And when he was a little kid, he was uh, performing. So he talked about playing a ukulele at a corner drugstore. When he played guitar at a nightclub, an unlicensed nightclub That's I'm sure was probably just for uh, uh, you know black people because he was born in 1943, right? So this would have been 1950. In the 50s, so as a little kid, as seven or eight years old. And so it was probably, you know, uh, the unlicensed nightclub was just for black people. And when they closed it down, then he set out to record an album when he was nine. And they found out that his schooling was being affected because he was performing. So they took his guitar away. And then uh, he went to a juvenile detention center, and his stepdad then made him a new guitar. I mean, it's just a fascinating story, George Benson. So uh, I may be talking to you more about George Benson because I can't get the song out of my head.
2: Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at
1: theblaze.com slash podcasts.
0: So I talked about uh, that Pew Research Center poll that talked about two-thirds of people Report receiving some, if not all, of their news from social media, which uh, which brings into light this new National Geographic book that I have in my hands, "Breaking the News: What's Real and What's Not, and Why the Difference Matters." And uh, you open it up, and one of the opening pages—it looks really good too. I've been fingering through. I've been fingering through it, and uh, I, I love the the fact here that it talks about sixty-three uh, percent. This is where do kids, teens, from 10 to 18 get their news? 63% family, teachers, friends. 49% social media and the internet. 46% TV, print, newspapers, and radio. That seems a little high for me between 10 and 16. TV, yeah, I guess, print, newspapers, and radio. I mean, those are all still things that are alive, but I mean, newspapers are barely alive. Uh, magazines are barely alive. People are still doing books, uh, you know, absolutely doing books, which is why I wanted to uh, talk to uh, Susan Goldberg, who's the uh, editor in chief of National Geographic and editorial director of National Geographic uh, Partners. And uh, she's going to be talking about this new book with us here on Chewing the Fat. So uh, let's get around and have a, a few moments with Susan. Editorial director of the National Geographic. Wow. Uh, how, how long have you had that job, Susan? Before we get to the new book, Breaking the News, I mean, how long have you been the editorial director of National Geographic?
2: So I've been the editor-in-chief of National Geographic for about seven years and editorial director for about six years. Now so, I have both titles.
0: So, how, wow, uh, well, I mean, you've taken the reins. You've taken over the power. Okay. Uh, how has, uh, I mean, the world has changed even in six years, right? I mean, it's been incredible.
2: It has been incredible. And, you know, the changes in media, particularly in news consumption, yeah. have been um, dramatic. Which is one of the reasons why we decided to do this book.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was just talking about uh, some of the things that, uh, you know, the social media is doing uh, up to the election and after the election. And I was uh, talking about the, uh, the Pew Research poll that talked about two-thirds of people report receiving some, if not all, of their news on social media. And that was three years ago. Uh, that had to have grown. Uh, I mean, oh, the amount I'm, of people getting their news from social media is, uh, you know, at, has to be at least that much.
2: Oh, I'm sure. It, I'm sure it has grown. And especially uh, young people particularly are getting, you know, just a vast oh. amount of their information from social media and other sources on the Internet.
0: Sure. I mean, this show is just, I mean, when you think of all the shows that uh, people are listening to, technically, that's the Internet right i mean they're listening to you know calling it radio shows and uh uh you know interview shows but it's all internet driven so you know when you start thinking about it it's you're getting your news from the internet every day um i've been to look i'm you know i subscribe to youtube tv said that, that hello internet right <laughs> anyway well, I- Go ahead. I'm sorry, Susan.
2: I mean, just, you know, being coming from the Internet doesn't mean it's bad. The Internet is an amazing tool. Correct. What oh it does gosh, mean, yes. though, is that we've got the ability to disseminate information in a way we never really had before. And anybody can disseminate that information. And I think that's the big dividing line between what happened before when you had to own a printing press to disseminate disseminate information or had access to radio, airwaves, or a television right or a television network, um, now anybody has has the power to disseminate information. And so that's why people don't know where it's coming from, and that's why we're all so overloaded.
0: Right, well, and that's, uh, you know, the beginning gets us into breaking the news, uh, What's Real and What's Not, the latest book from uh, National Geographic. And it's four ages starting, you know, anywhere from, what, eight, nine, ten-year-olds?
2: Yeah, I would say, you know, it's really designed for 10 to 18 year olds. But I have to tell you, uh, I have learned a lot reading this book, <laughs> and I've been in the news business for 40 years, because we all need those tips and tricks and a roadmap for how we can tell good information from bad information, because there is just so much of it now. And like we were saying, you don't know where it's coming from. So we all need help uh, trying to sort through good and bad
0: I love it. I, I actually started uh, thumbing through it uh, this morning, and I got tied up with other things, and I'm going to get back to it uh, because you know we all need a refresher course. Uh, if you, even if you're a, you know not 10 to 18 years of age, which I most definitely am not, but we all need a refresher course of uh, you know the history of news and what it's all about. And uh, you know I know it's easy to think that uh, well you know it's who, what, why, where, when, and how, and that's the story, but in today's world you have all of that, but it's the surrounding fluff that becomes the wish wash of the story.
2: One of the things I like about this book is you do go into the history and one of the things you find out is that there has been misinformation as long as there's been information. Right. Right? And and so this isn't just a new phenomenon. What's new is the ubiquity of it, the ease of its spread, the you know, how, how just how a, you know, a lie can make it around the world before truth gets its pants on. It's is kind of, a, is <laughs> That's kind for of an sure. old, right. So it's an old expression, but it is so true. And it has never been more true than right now.
0: So when you, like my, I use my kids, for example, they would, you know, if it wasn't for me, they would be, you know, just your average kids. So, I mean, with, do you just throw this book on the table and say, read it? Or do you think, I I was really, as I was looking through it, I was thinking, this would be a great thing to sit down and just thumb through with your kids to give them an idea of, uh, you know, of the relationship between, uh, you know, media and everyday people, what it's supposed to be.
2: Oh, I think it's a great family conversation. And there's a lot of compare and contrast, right, with the news that you and I grew up with, with how people are getting news now. And it is it is interesting. And I think young people are very interested in being good news consumers. I mean, one of the facts in the book that I was surprised by was a third of the young people told us that they had... Unknowingly passed on a story that turned out not to be a true story. Oh, sure. yeah, no, but yeah, nobody all wants all to be that person, right? We all we all want to uh, not only understand whether the information that we've got is right or wrong but we don't want to pass on bad uh, of course information. not i mean
0: i've been in, i've been in radio you know radio and tv a long time and you know you always there's always stuff that you uh, throughout the years you know, oh, i was wrong or that was fake i knew that was fake why did i even talk about it or you know so 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 much of the stories so many of the stories i do now is like i'm gonna tell you this story but i don't think it's true
2: well, you know what, Jeff, the um, the book actually talks about that very phenomenon. You know, if something seems too good to be true, or seems too outrageous to be true, or if your spidey sense just kind of goes off when you look at a photograph and you say, is that real? Right. You know what, chances are it probably isn't. And so we need to listen to that little voice inside us all saying, you know, I don't think that's right, or there's something wrong with this. And people shouldn't be shy about listening to, to that voice.
0: So you guys put together a lot of a lot of great books and a lot of great ideas when you sat down and uh you know had had this pitch to you or maybe it was your idea uh it seems like a pretty easy decision
2: you know it was not my idea i wish it had been because it is um it is a great book and it's incredibly timely and highly useful. So I think it really hits all those marks. What I like about this book, though, is it's also really entertaining. Um, You know, it's not swaths of gray type. It's not boring. It's, (laughs) you know, it's fun to read. It's accessible information in sort of bite-sized chunks. It's beautifully illustrated. Some of it's very funny when you look back at fake photos through history and, you know, amazing hoaxes. You're just like, wow, I can't believe people fell for that. (laughs) But people (laughs) will probably in the future say the same about us.
0: (laughs) I I was just amazed uh, being reminded of some timelines, you know, because we had uh, the timeline of, you know, the typewriter in 1868. I mean, we're oh, do
2: you remember that personally? No, I'm just kidding. oh, yes, I do. As
0: a matter of fact, I do. And boy, what a good year that was, too. Yeah. by the way. Uh, and I couldn't believe I told, them, I told them that that thing would never work, nobody will ever use it. Uh, you know, so that, that's where I was in 1868. But it just how I mean, we're still using those things yet in, in Facebook is only you know 15 years old, 15, 16 years old. And exactly. it seems like we've been overwhelmed by this thing. But the things we're still using are, you know, hundreds of years old.
2: Well, and things are speeding up. And that's the, you know, one of the points really that that the book makes, which is, you know, we've got this set of tools at our disposal right now. But those tools are changing and modernizing every day. So we will never be able to say, aha, I've got it. Now I am 100% media literate. I've got this thing nailed because the tools will keep changing and the stories will keep changing. And so people really need to be active consumers on their guard. You've kind of got to be a professional skeptic when you read stories and when you access news.
0: Really, that's the that's the main point of any of the the news uh, stories and the news. I mean, that's probably – You know, I don't know if it says it in the book. I'm not 100% through it yet, but I mean, really, that's the number one thing, right? If if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. And you've got to think, I don't know that that story doesn't sound real. And so if it is, you're like, wow, okay, it's real. When
2: when I was a young journalist, um, I remember a grizzled veteran coming up to me and saying, (laughs) hey, kid, if your mother says she loves you, check it out. Now... (laughs) (laughs) That was a a common expression back then. And of course, you know, my mother loved me, but I understood what he meant was be skeptical, be a curious person, act like an editor. You know, does this story really add up? Does it quote legitimate people? Does it come from a legitimate place? Are the people named? Or if they're not named, is there a reason given as to why somebody's name isn't attached to this? I mean, that's the, that's the whole...
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the whole who, what, where, why, when, how, you know. I mean, we didn't exactly. want to know those. Yeah, Those are the, the prime parts of the stories. Susan Goldberg, uh, Editor-in-Chief of National Geographic and Editorial Director. she t- she She's taking all the titles now at <laughs> National Geographic. Uh, Breaking the News, What's Real and What's Not and Why the Difference Matters is the new book from National Geographic. Really fascinating. What's your... Uh, one last thing, and then I'll let you go. I know you've had a long day, and I appreciate your time with us here on Chewing the Fat. What's your favorite uh, your favorite part of the book?
2: Oh, you know, I really love looking. There's a, there's a couple pages in the book that show people how they can look at photographs to tell if they're real or if they're fake. And so at National Geographic, we spend a lot of time looking at photographs. Uh, yeah. And what we always do is we get, you know, the the brains from the camera. We make people give us their raw files. They have to turn over every single shutter click to us so we make sure Good. that nothing yeah. we picture is fake.
0: My wife but, is a photographer. She be she's, she'll be very happy to hear that.
2: Okay, but what we do is give people a lot of just tips and tricks and show them pictures so they can look at a picture on Instagram or something and go, wait a minute, that can't (laughs) be right. You know, I see a flower in a beautiful field of flowers, but when I look at it more closely, it's the same flower a thousand times over. That's a fake picture. And that's an innocent example, but there's a lot of examples um, for ways that that you could tell real from false, and I think it's incredibly handy.
0: Oh, yeah, really important. Uh, I mean, we've seen – you know, let alone fake stories. We've seen fake pictures uh, travel around the globe pretty fast as well. That's for sure. Uh, Susan Goldberg, editor, uh, Editorial Director of National Geographic, uh, the new book, Breaking the News, What's Real, What's Not, and Why the Difference Matters. You can get it. It's available uh, wherever you get your National Geographic stores. Is there a specific website you want people to go to, or are you just good well, sending people out on their own?
2: People can go to bookstores. They can go to amazon.com and get the book or to nationalgeographic.com. And we would be uh, very delighted if you did that. There's a lot of good stuff there.
0: Susan, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Have a great day.
2: Thank you. You too.